0: Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real Dragon Slayer, author and entrepreneur's sales coach. Tune in weekly for Human Conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White.
1: So welcome to The Human Conversation. I've got a guest today, and I know this is going to be so much fun. Um, His name is Ben Masters, and he is a copywriter. So this, we're just going to get right into it here. So Ben, welcome to The Human Conversation.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure. And I have to tell the listeners, this is your first ever podcast.
0: (laughs) It is indeed, yeah. I I don't associate being being a copywriter with being visible in any way, really. I mean, essentially, we're, we're ghostwriters, so but the, uh, the whole idea is that um, we write stuff and other people take the credit, <laughs> okay. which I'm fine with.
1: Okay. Well, look, let's. you've got a much bigger story than just copywriter here, Ben, and I know you have because I've been reading up on you, but I've also had a little chat with you uh, on a virtual cuppa. So I want the listeners to learn a bit more about you because I think what you're... What you've done is actually very interesting in your career. So let's start at the beginning. That's where I like to start. What were you going to do when you left school?
0: Um, I think when I, yeah, when I left school, I, I sort of took quite a traditional route in some ways. You know, I went you know, do GCSEs. I'm just about young enough to have done those. Um, do A-levels, get a degree, and then I did another degree. Um, I wanted to go and travel with uh, my uni mates. They went to Australia, but my dad wouldn't fund that. He said, you know, if you want me to keep on forking out for your education, you can do an MA. So I did an MA. And yeah. then um, I left university at a time of recession, um, sort of mid, mid-90s. mid It was a tough time. So um, I got swept up by an accountancy firm. I sort of sleepwalked into the whole sort of milk, milk round thing um, and worked for, you know, one of the big six accountancy firms and from day one, I I didn't, it didn't really suit me. Um, so I sort of made escape plans very quickly and applied for jobs in teaching because my dad was a teacher, he was a headmaster. Uh, and I think I sent out something like 30, 40 application letters um, and got um, three interviews, had one terrible interview. One went pretty well. And then I got a job job the third one which tells you a lot about you know practice you know makes better so well can um, I just
1: can I just tell you because when I left school I am older than you Ben let's just get the elephant in the room out there um because I le- I had the last year of O levels I think okay yeah so um but anyway I uh left school at 16 because you could back then yeah and um, so all I wanted to do was to work and I said to mum what should I do she said you write 50 letters she said 50 <laughs> like this and I'm okay so I wrote 50 letters out to all sorts of companies locally uh, insurance companies banks you you name it yeah. and I got three jobs um actually straight job offers based on me having three o levels which is all I had I am not as academic as you Ben so it's um, interesting yeah. isn't it our kind of journey of writing that many letters out and then getting sort of those interviews and drilling it yeah, down to
0: a job absolutely you say academic, I mean, it's just, it's not always particularly um, useful or, or not, is it really? It's interesting because I was listening to one of your podcasts about your mum. She was a great reader, wasn't she? Yes.
1: So yes.
0: she had good advice there. So I think there's a big element to that, isn't there, with freelancing is that you you cast your net far and wide and see what bites really, you know. Yeah. I suppose you talk about testing the market. But, yeah, um, I do look back on those days, though, when I was um, – trying to escape accountancy. I mean, I, I enjoyed some of it, but I wish I'd known that about some of the jobs that existed. I think I would have really, I think I would have thrived in say PR or something. I, if I had to sort of realised I only needed one, yes, you know, send out 50 less, uh, letters, get one. Yes. You know, and I think if I was starting out again now and I've got no regrets, but if I were, then, you know, you just try and find a company that's got, um, that's willing to sort of train people up, look for good mentors. I think, I mean, when I, set out three, three or four years ago to do copywriting. There's no, no point in me applying for jobs really. It's just best for me to go and sort of sit out alone and see what I could win, you know, yeah. just by sending out, um, you know, I had no contacts in the industry. I had no real knowledge of the industry other than I felt I could write, that yeah. sort of confidence that I could communicate, but yeah.
1: Well, let's let's go back because that yeah. comes from your journey, really. Because you get this job as a teacher, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was an okay. English teacher
0: for twenty odd years. Yeah, yeah.
1: And obviously, Dad being headmaster was that an influence? Do you think on you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, with you know, he's not around anymore. Bless him. But he um, he was um, yeah. I mean, he was a very inspirational figure. Really, he was a Catholic brother for some years. Uh, he was you know, a headmaster for many years, uh, you know, taught in, in Malta and on the South Coast and in, in Merseyside at a very tough time in the 80s. It was the biggest biggest boys' school in Britain for a time. Wow. So they had 1,500 boys. So you can imagine what their what their first, you know, their first 11 football team was like. People like Terry McDermott and Tom Conti, the boxer, went there. And uh, I think my dad was all around sort of gentle, a gentle guy that, you know, um offered more sort of tea and sympathy than the cane i think he was ahead of his time in that way he was um quite a sort of chilled zen figure so yeah big influence on me certainly yeah
1: that's that's really lovely to hear you know that he had that way before his time if you know before its time that that's really nice isn't it yeah so you started teaching english why english ben tell us what
0: Uh, My degrees in English, um, you know, just an avid reader, always have been. Um, And so it was just um, the natural thing for me to do, really, A-level in English. and so, yeah, it's just, yeah, there was there wouldn't be any other subject. So I love things like history, anything to do with thinking and ideas. I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. my son's like that. My son, so he loves. He's doing history at the moment and um, GCSE, and he loves history because it's all about storytelling and yeah. just that. I think the imagination of what actually times were like. He finds that really fascinating, as I do. Um. I'm interested in to tell you about my English teacher because I want (laughs) to see if this resonates with you at all. I'm sure it's not going to. But my English (laughs) teacher was incredibly strict. He he never smiled. He was um, quite aggressive. Okay. Um, looked down his glasses on the end of his nose at you, you know, <laughs> that was how he was. And, yeah. and in those days, if he didn't like what you said, he'd throw the board rubber at you, you know. I,
0: I've, we've had, yeah, I've had yeah, that myself. Yeah, yeah.
1: and, um, and I, I was desperately frightened of him. And I, and I mean that quite genuinely. Mm. He, he genuinely scared me, this man. And yeah, yeah English was uh, something I completely thrived in. Because I think part was just the fear of it, of not getting it right. But I also loved English. But it was such a weird combination of absolutely despising this fearful man and loving the element of being able to write beautiful English that's grammatically correct.
0: Yeah, it breaks your heart, yeah.
1: Isn't it? Um, And the day I left school, Ben, he said to me, um, I I took my books back and he went, um, my surname was Holdem." Hold them. So in those days, it was hold them and squeeze them. I've got to tell you that was honestly how politically incorrect was the school. You know, um, and he said he looked down his nose. He said, All "Right, hold them." So what are you going to do like this? And I said, "Oh, I've got a job in NatWest West Bank, sir." Well done, hold them. He said, "Job for life," and that was my end okay. of my relationship with Mr. Lewin, my English teacher.
0: Wow. So, I think it's a different world isn't it I mean I think we know more now that um for one you no one learns when they're terrified or nervous you know the shutters go down I think it's a very different world I mean um education's changed just you know so much in the last 20 years quite slowly actually but um it's a completely different world for for young teachers today so
1: yeah yeah. and better
0: in many ways for kids I think yeah
1: yeah, I mean, I, I still think, you know, we're going to have this discussion today, I hope, but yeah. I still think there's a lot of stuff to do to kind yeah, of get it where it needs yeah. to be. And I'd like to get your thoughts on that. And I'm sure the listeners would enjoy that too. Um, but I think one of the things for me is that um, it is more politically correct now in that I think we do probably nurture our children more than we used to when I was at school. Yeah. Let's well, one
0: that. of the phrases I always remember from older teachers was that... Um, You know, we used to flog the pupils, but now we flog the
1: teachers.
0: (laughs) And, uh, you know, on results day, I think teachers are more, are often way more nervous than the the students, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's hyper-accountability now.
1: It's massive. And Ofsted as well, I guess, that's sort of um, changed things, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that has changed. I think that, you know, Ofsted changes all the time. It moves its goalposts all the time, rightly or wrongly, but... um, yeah, it's got a lot of power now I mean inspectorates have been around since the 1880s I think so we've had school inspectors for you know way over hundred years but I think the the power that they wield uh, has changed yeah yeah
1: so <laughs> your teaching career you're teaching English yeah. um, how did that go what sort of schools were you working in how did you progress that career because it's 20 years that's a long time teaching yeah you? it is
0: a long time um, I was never really ambitious to to do anything other than teach and then teach better. To be honest, I hated any, I hated admin. I loved, I didn't mind doing school trips and I liked taking kids to the theater and I loved taking them to the Stratford. I loved doing school plays and the like, but the idea of managing other colleagues just was, you know, I just looked like, it looked like too much hassle, you know, like herding cats, they, they'd often say, so I had no ambition really. I was never going to progress in that way. Um, but I love teaching. So, um, So I was always in academic schools, really. I was always in the independent sector, um, teaching, yeah, you know, bright, willing kids by and large uh, who benefited from um, ambitious parents, one or two quite sharp elbow parents as well, but, You know, they're the ones that I think they are in the minority and uh, they're often the ones you remember. But I taught some lovely kids and I just enjoyed teaching. Yeah.
1: yeah. What was the real buzz that you got out of it? What was the, you know, you enjoyed it, but why was that that you really enjoyed it, Ben?
0: Um, So many different reasons, really. But, um, you know, one is just, um, you know, you have the banter in the classroom when you engage with a group of kids and you do generally get on with them. Uh, you know, and they're keen to learn and they know that, you know, you no know, even if it's just a smidging, you know, a smidgen more than they do. Uh, and also I was in, I taught in Stockport for nine years and that was, it was joyful to see kids grow up really, you know, to see them in year seven and then take them through and then help them with their u, uh, university applications. You know, that was a complete source of joy doing that. So I missed that really. Um, mm. But as I said before, I think to your, well, I've written before, you know, I don't, I miss teaching, but I don't miss being a teacher. I've got my my evenings and my weekends back now, and I read yeah. so much more now than I did as a teacher. But that's the irony: is that you know we f- we do fog teachers, and they haven't got time for um, for hinterland, really. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, my wife's still a teacher, and so I, you know, when w- when we go to the beach and we take a barbecue, and she takes some marking with her, I think you know this is a little bit bonkers, really. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and and I must just say the reference to the beach is because you live in beautiful Exeter, don't you? Is that yeah? Where you I'm are? lucky.
0: Yeah, I live halfway between Exeter and and Exmouth so you know it's I've got the river down the at the end of the road which is just you know it's blissful really so um yeah so we make the most of that yeah
1: so you're very very lucky in that respect because I'm in Milton Keynes which is in the middle of the country and i can't get to the sea for <laughs> two and a half hours either way i so.
0: was in the Midlands, so and you've got you've got other things haven't you to enjoy and do you yeah. get to london much do you, do you i
1: don't i don't really like going to london it's all a bit no. too busy for me i think i'm um i'm much more prone to go back up north um okay. towards the places like the lake district would you believe oh. which is a you know it's a jaunt but that's where i love to go yeah i love, I love there
0: went there at new year um and caught up with friends from college and stuff and yeah. uh yeah that be beautiful i miss the lakes actually we go yeah. we only go every couple of years now
1: yeah because you're obviously from the northwest originally aren't you yeah
0: yeah Ken? my my well i was born in london but uh, my parents were very very hertfordshire
1: oh um, right yes i think them yeah i think we discussed that because i, I yeah. was brought up in hertfordshire in stevenage saint evanage
0: do you remember? yeah exactly you know <laughs> Um, super posh around there and my son speaks beautifully because he's got a real sort of public school exeter accent you know and he, he goes to to school which is where my wife teaches and I taught for a while um so my parents are very proud of my son's accent or they would be if they were around bless them but um but I, I've got a medley I was um yeah I was taught in uh, in Lancashire I did uni Liverpool uni for my MA I went to the Midlands for my degree I uh, went to Wigan for college. So my, my accent's all over the shop. Yeah. It's a mess. I shouldn't yeah. really be on podcasts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you should. No, it's lovely. I, I'm fascinated with accents. So I love them. But I yeah, definitely hear this kind of, um, I definitely hear a Liverpudlian twang when I speak okay. to you. And I don't know what it is, but I can just hear it sort of simmering
0: it's, there. It's it's weird, isn't it? Because um, when you go, when you leave your sort of where you were brought up, I and mean, I was in, in Ormskirk in Lancashire for most of my youth, um, as soon as you go away to study, you suddenly realize your own strangeness or foreignness or whatever. Um, and so when I, I remember someone talking at uni about Scouse Ben, I was like, all right, who's the Scouse Ben? And they're like, it's you, you idiot. i talking about you. And I I was, I was, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, reading world literature. I was just reading um, a, a lady, Chimamanda Ndachi Adichie, I think I've got it right. And she's Nigerian. And she said she didn't realize she was black until she went to America. Um, I was reading her book Americana so it's only when you go away that you realize that you're white or you're black or you're or you're scouse or that you're or that you're maybe literary or whatever it is yeah otherwise you just you blend in don't you
1: I'm so happy that you've just mentioned that lady um and it's a sheer coincidence but I have only just watched her TEDx talk
0: she's brilliant have you seen it Yes, yeah, and I've seen some lovely interviews as well with her. Yeah,
1: it's called The Danger of the Single Story, the TEDx. Um, It might be a TED talk, actually, rather than TEDx. But I have to tell you, I'll put the reference in. I'm sure I talked about this on another podcast only the other day, but it is just the most wonderful TED talk because it's all about that. It's all about this single story we have about, um, you know, um, anyone really, whether they're colour or religion or, you know, whatever it is. We just often have this single story, which is fascinating. Her talk was brilliant. We, yeah. I need to point people towards watching her, and she, she 's great isn't she so beautifully doesn 't she? Yeah. How coincidental that you mentioned her when i 've just listened to that that 's so strange um, <laughs> but look, let me talk about school a bit because um my son Sam as you know, is 15 now. So He's
0: your newest employee, isn't he? He
1: is my newest employee. Yeah, I'm not sure he's yeah. going to do any work, Ben, but I'm trying. But um, <laughs> he's, he wants to do something because he missed out on his work experience. So it kind of yeah. makes sense that he's going to, do a few bits with me, creative stuff, because he's very yeah, musical. But he did a podcast with me uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know if you ever got a chance to. No, listen I didn't to
0: have a chance to listen to it. I, m- I will do. Yeah, yeah, because... you, mu-
1: you must because I'd be really fascinated. But the, the essence of it was he was just starting year eight, so of course this was quite a big year. They've got settled in, you know, yeah. they've, they've got over that fear and being the tiny, tiny kids in the block. And year eight was that growth year, I thought. I saw him sort of just grow. And um, he's not just literally, but just in his personality. And we had this podcast, and he was talking about school and the system. Um, And his big thing was Mum, what I don't understand is why they don't make it fun, why they don't make it more creative. (laughs) you know, um, look what they're doing in Norway. And, you know, and he was quoting the Norway yeah. schooling systems. And So talk to me, Ben, tell me about school uh, systems
0: and thoughts. Okay. And- yeah, I'll try and give you a short version because I, I could bore people frowns about them, <laughs> and, I, and I have. Um, yeah, I mean, the pressure's come from all sorts of places, really. I mean, in the 1980s, they started the national curriculum. So that means from the Whitehall down, the teachers got to start teaching certain things, and people, you know, um, will judge them on their results. We all look at ofsted and we look at um, lead tables. So there is a pressure on teachers, you know, on heads, and that filters down to heads of the department to tick certain boxes, to study certain things, um, and that makes teachers very jittery. And they start to teach the test as they do a lot here, and as they do in America. And teachers do their best. To, to, to tap into the interests of the pupils, but they're also conscious of ticking certain boxes, you know. Um, so you have got to sort of teach certain, you know, writing in a certain way these days, teach kids how to, um, you know, to sort of um, pass sentences and, you know, how to analyse sentences, which can be handy, but the teachers have to over-teach it because the teachers themselves will be judged on how kids do.
1: Yeah,
0: um, yeah, I know I've had different types of heads of department, mainly had great heads of department, the best ones let you know really trust their staff and let staff run with it and enjoy the banter in the classroom, as I said before. So I think teachers are under pressure mm. um, to to sort of tick certain boxes. Um, you know, does that yeah. that partly answers the question? I think, but no,
1: it does. And I think that is definitely the case. And I'm not a teacher, but I, I believe that's that's what I see and my perception is that. Yeah. Um, I wonder. A, can we ever change that?
0: I think um, a, a, to backtrack before, when we mentioned um, Chimamanda and Gotcha Adichie, it's a bit like if you said that in the classroom to me, Jules, I would have said to you, Jules, that's lovely, but let's just sort out what I've got to give you for homework. You know, so you would come at me with great enthusiasm and in, in, a, in the ideal world, which is possible, with sort of, I think, oh, my God, she's excited now. Right, let's leap onto that. Uh, you know what scrap what homework's going to be that's what you, you write write a little bit about that tag talk for me and then you go away and we write best about things we're most interested in but sadly the teacher's thinking i've got to get through this we've got a we got a um, external exam or internal exam in two three weeks whatever and then they've got to they've got to meet certain standards so yeah,
1: yeah no, i it think it's a sense. question
0: of trust i think you know but that's also a, a sort of um you know, it flows through society. We're in a different society now. So when we try to have, say, the Scandinavian system or maybe even like a, a, a more oriental sort of eastern system, you know, teachers have different standings in those countries, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I think teachers are also quite, by and large, most teachers are quite stressed and quite tired.
1: Yeah, I think um, so and too. And, and performance that, art. Well, I think the other thing about it is I liken it to motherhood because uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you're going to see the the connection, no, here. But, I, yeah, I you know, can when the when mum's really tired, my friends, some of them were exhausted, my baby slept like a baby, um, and yeah. I was full of life, full of energy, and I started a business when Sam was three months old, you know, so <laughs> it, the point being is that Sam was actually a really content and happy baby, because I was okay, and yeah. I had energy, and I was happy, and I truly believe that's the case, and so I think Sam, Has this massive perception of which of his teachers are stressed and which aren't so much stressed because he connects differently with them, you know? And I know this is quite deep, but I think this is actually quite an interesting point, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and you were you were doing the most important thing, which is role modeling. I mean, you know, we can lecture. I mean, I do lecture my son till I'm blue in the face. (laughs) But you know, we teach way more um, by by demonstrating and let people get on with it themselves. And so I think, yeah, if kids see people who are animated, engaged, um, you know, that, that's, go back to the human thing, that's what we are geared up for, aren't we? We're wide yeah. to, to feed on that energy, absolutely. Yeah,
1: we are, yeah. and he's got a particular um, history teacher at the moment, and they're just starting these online lessons, Ben, and they haven't done them up to now, and some schools still haven't, but they've realised that safeguarding aside, they can now do them.
0: Yeah, great. And
1: so this is his second week and I'm really glad because I think it's been better. And his history teacher is absolutely winning at this because great. she's just got that little that lovely balance between humour and um, and understanding that banter that you perhaps talked about. Yeah,
0: rule by the quip.
1: Yeah. But then also they take notice of her, they learn yeah. with her and they deliver her homework. Um, and it's really interesting that whole combination she's got yeah. going on compared to others he tells me about. And they've just lost the plot, you know, as far it's, as he's concerned, you know.
0: Yeah. So, it's so difficult. I mean, you know, I look back at my own teaching and, you know, when you're connecting with a class and other times, you know, that, you know, there are certain um, things have gone awry. So, you know, I'm not claiming that I ever got it really right, you know, necessarily. Some of the times I didn't, sometimes not. But, um, there's always that generational, you know, um, gap as well, isn't there? Yeah. But, uh, yes, yeah, certainly some some teachers are winning it, and I think um, it's lovely to see that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, I must just quote you from your LinkedIn profile. You've put, uh, speak the language of the tribe or get torn to shreds, uh, amu- amuse and entertain or die. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that wonderful? I love that.
0: <laughs> um yeah you know I mean teaching is great when it's going well and other times it's just it's like any relationship isn't it it's up and down it is. yeah you and know, you,
1: so. we've got like uh, teachers today have got like I don't know up to 30 children to have relationships with yeah. I mean, my goodness and they're all unique aren't they?
0: and I I remember one or two parents at parents you they say things like and this is one or two of the sharp elbow parents they say look they say Mr Masters I know you've got lots of things to do but you must make my child number one <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 um, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, where'd where you go from there? <laughs> I love that. What did
1: you say to them when
0: they said that to you? Um, I sort—I of, was always pretty blunt and honest, to be honest. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I would sort of <laughs> say that, um, you know, we've all got to sort of work together and there are, you know, how many, I'd always know how many of them are in the class. I'd say, so, look, you know, in this particular class are 25 students and they all deserve my time. Wow. Because I, I get, I, you know, you have perennial battles as a teacher, you know, um, and there are certain things that come up again and again, and you learn to be able to fend, you know, fight your corner and parry certain certain problems. All teachers face complaints. I mean, the best teachers I know face regular complaints you know it's a crazy world really
1: yeah it is and i think probably we very much underestimate teaching don't we it's very easy to say oh they have six weeks holiday because yeah. how many times have you heard that <laughs> and of course you know i i know very different that there's a whole lot of other struggles with them being yeah. teachers and yet i would say most of them are doing it because of their love of teaching you know they don't think you just enter into that profession if there isn't some sort of passion there
0: No. And lots, lots of people, I mean, I can't remember the figures now, but I think, um, you know, I'd go as much as say a third of people leave teaching within four or five years. They, they realize it's such a, you know, it's all, all consuming. And so, and I've, I know one or two teachers in the last five years who have gone into it very, very casually and have been like rabbit caught on the motorway. Um, And it's just, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's, um, you know, it takes over your, your life, really. Yeah. So no, yeah, you, can, you can't be casual about teaching. No.
1: So um, last thing on teaching, what do you think the future of teaching is going to really look like?
0: Um, oh, um, such, yeah, such a great question. It's interesting. I think we've got short memories, sadly. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic, but I think we've got short memories because at the beginning of lockdown, people were saying on social media, oh, you know, I really appreciate my, my child's teacher, you know, teaching homeschooling so difficult. And then it's probably a set of other people, but on the radio about six, seven weeks later, people were saying, oh, teachers complain about returning to school. You know, get on with it. Stop complaining. Um, you've got holidays soon. I'm thinking, you know, it wasn't long ago that you were just thinking, please get my child out of my house. <laughs> yeah, um, so, um, but I think, yeah, I think the whole world's going to change a little bit. I think we've been under lockdown for such a time now that things start to bed in. I think habits do change. Mm. So people might commute less. Maybe we'll have more firms that will have three days at the office and two days at home. But I think I'm always hopeful because I think regardless of people interfering with um, educators and teachers, there are always great people in the classrooms. And each classroom, I think as I write on one blog or somewhere, every classroom and corridor is different, you know, and it's a people thing. And it's about Mm. the chemistry between those people, you know, those young people and that adult. And um, not a lot can spoil that hopefully a lot of the time.
1: No, I think you're so right because we only have to think about the teachers we remember from our childhood um, and the yeah. ones we don't, or the ones we do but we feared, like Mr Lewin. You know, they, they do have a, a huge impression on your life, don't they? Because Wh- which
0: um, Can you think of any particular favourite ones that you, that you look back on?
1: Yes, yeah, I had a lovely teacher called Mrs Whale. Um, and so she had a memorable name, but she taught me for two years in a row when I was in, uh, probably what was now year six and no year five and six, okay. um, so ju- what we call junior school, uh, third and fourth year we called it. And she was just so fabulously beautiful and gentle, but yeah. she was firm. You didn't mess about, you know, you really were good for her, but she had this beautiful energy that just, you just felt like she loved you. Um, she just got it right
0: i think yeah and, and would yeah, she yeah. still be would she still thrive in schools today i'd like to think she would yes yeah.
1: i'd like to think she would ben um just because of the humanness of her yeah um but i'm not sure how she would get on with perhaps the way off did and the restrictions and the mm. workload is because i suspect that's very different now to when i was yeah. um, a young girl uh, nine, so 10 years I,
0: old. i'm not pessimistic but i do um I mean, well, it's tough for everyone out there, but my life as a freelancer is half, you know, it's just miles easier than my life as a teacher. Yeah. And I have far fewer battles. And, I, you know, any one time I'm dealing with five, six clients, that's easy. Absolutely easy, you know. You know, the average day is write a blog, deal with a couple of phone calls and do a bit of admin. And then deal with, you know, the family dinner, you know, that's, you know, couldn't be simpler in my life now. And I think some, a lot of people, the reality is that a lot of people think, you know what, teaching isn't worth the hassle. It's too much, too much is expected. The hours are ridiculous. Um, and so, you know, it does put off some, a lot of really great people that would be great teachers will not go near the profession.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: I find that quite tragic, really. It's very yeah.
1: sad, isn't it? It's very sad. Um, so listen, uh, you've just mentioned your copywriting. Um, yeah. It'd be a miss of me to finish this conversation without telling everyone what you do now, really. Yeah. because Because um, this is, uh, whilst you don't really, uh, you're not visible as a copywriter, as you said, um you're clearly a very talented copywriter, Ben.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, I'm um, paying the bills. I mean, I'm not, um, it's tough out there. It's very, very competitive for me, you know, and anyone can call themselves a copywriter. Maybe that's just what I've done, really. But um, I mean, essentially, you're a ghostwriter. So a lot of the stuff I do quietly, you know, you sign NDAs and you write blogs for people or speeches or LinkedIn profiles and stuff. And, um, you know, I really enjoy that enormously, actually. You know, I don't particularly want to be in the spotlight. Obviously, you have to sort of connect on. And I love LinkedIn for staying up to date and meet, meeting people like yourself. And, and you've had some great guests on your podcast, some of my favorite people like John Asperian and Eleanor Gold. And you've had Amber Smith recently. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'm in good company. So LinkedIn's great for that. But I'm also... Um, I'm aware of just sort of backing away from that a little bit as well because it can be all-consuming, can't it, like teaching?
1: Yeah, no, it can. And you can spend hours on there if you want to. And you do reap rewards, but it's just a a long game and you've got to be visible. I find it interesting to see how you ghostwrite. So in terms of I'm guessing you have to step into the shoes of the person you're writing for. Um, What's that like?
0: Yeah, I... um I'm not sure how good I am at it at the moment in some ways, in the sense that not to sort of um, be sort of falsely modest, more in the sense that people tend to, people are often sort of saying, I like that blog that you did and could we have something like that? And so hopefully it's fairly sort of um, readable. I I was writing to a client today, a new client today, and I was sort of, probably sounds a bit pompous, trying to make it light but literary. And every blog should have those moments whereby people say, Oh, I didn't know that. Or oh, I didn't realize that person, that quote comes from that person. And I always sort of have that idea that, you know, look, as long as you're thinking more than everyone else, you know, as long as you put the, you know, the idea, we're so busy that we need people to curate. We need people to do some of the thinking for us. So, to backtrack because I've, I've, um, I've done that politician thing of ignoring your question. <laughs> Don't um, worry, I'll pull you
1: back. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> so um, some clients so kindly sort of say, look, we'd like something like that. And I, and I do really love doing the blogs. And then other clients are very good at saying, look, you know, if I write someone's website for them, you know, I say to them, look, you know, score through stuff that you don't like or doesn't sound like you and we do get there it's collaborative as well yeah
1: yeah it's very much that i suspect isn't it so what's your favorite thing to do if you're writing for somebody what's the favorite thing that you love most
0: um i think blogs about education and about creativity and stuff so um i've been writing for a new client in the last couple of days um and they're asking me to write about um it's for I, i'm sure i can mention the comedy because it's a lovely um, a lovely company. It's called Scribe Easy. It's an app to help kids who are struggling with their writing, and it gives them lots of visual stimuli. It gives them pictures. They can create uh, books, and they can send them to friends. They can have parents annotating or teachers it helps them if they're dyslexic with font sizes and all the rest of it. Nice. It gives them a thesaurus. So I've been writing about creativity for them. So that is just um, you know, thanks, Amanda Duncan. You know, it's just the dream client. So if I could, you know. So right about education, creativity, it's the stuff that fills my head anyway, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. And all your experience in education must be a huge benefit. must Yeah. It? So.
0: Yeah, so still teaching, really. It's like, um, you know, we're all sort of, um, you know, it's like yourself, miss your sales is in your blood, isn't it? And, you know, connecting with people. Yeah. So you don't really choose many anyway. You don't choose a subject, do you? It chooses you. I don't know yeah. how you find it.
1: Yeah, I do, the same. And I think it's just, I'd never think of it as sales, Ben. I think yeah. of it as human connection and conversations and, and everybody laughs at me, you know, Oh, yeah. it's more complicated than that, but I truly, truly don't think it is. You know, I think people buy people. So,
0: Can I, can I ask you a question now? Just one yeah. of the things that really intrigues me, yeah, because you're, you're so good on LinkedIn and you're so good with your courses. Um, and um, not to sort of play the skeptic, but part of me would think, if I were in one of your seminars I'd, and I've been in some of your wonderful we- webinars, only there's only one Jules White. So how <laughs> do you, how do you, you know, and I don't sort of mean that just to sort of, um, you know, cause I think your stuff's absolutely great, but there's an element. is so much of it is you, isn't it?
1: Yeah. But that's and the point you, really. Oh. I, yeah. I think the point is that it is me. Um, but then it will be you. So however you sell will be you. And that's yeah. what I want to inspire. So you don't have to sell like me or talk like me or be Jules White. You have to be Ben Masters. Well, and what if
0: Ben Masters is a grumpy sod?
1: Uh he's not. <laughs> I'm,
0: thinking, I'm thinking more about the idea. Do you remember the – I'm sure you know, I mean, you know The Office. What's yes. the guy that – the, the, the larger-than-average guy with the chin beard? Yeah, doing, doing the appraisal. appraisal. <laughs> and, um, you know, what? how can – I I sort of look at him and think it's possibly best if he isn't authentic. (laughs) <laughs> any, any thoughts Jules? I
1: think that you know the thing is it's about doing something you love we're talking about yeah. people who run their own businesses obviously not everybody is going to be running their own business it's not for everybody yeah. some people are quite happy to just be employed and be a little bit quieter and just take their money and go home every month Yeah. but you know I'm obviously uh, talking to and attracting entrepreneurs also sales yeah. teams in businesses but most of these people have just got this um, passion for what they do or certainly a drive to connect more and, and uh, tell the world about what they do. Yeah. And, and they're kind of that ideal client. You know, it's like anything, Ben. You've got to have your ideal client because you're not going to yeah. sell to everyone. So, yes, um, I am Jules White and I'm unique, but so are you. Ben Masters, there's no other Ben on the planet. And that's the bit I find magical. And that's the bit I want to inspire yeah. in everybody. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the, and the guy in the office was clearly really um might have been brilliant at his job. He just wasn't, um you know, he wasn't extrovert, and he wasn't. He was happy doing his IT stuff, wasn't he? Exactly. So, yeah, just happy
1: yeah. being who he was, and that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? It's all about that at the end of
0: the day. And, and the same with education. Backtracking to what we were saying earlier is just if the teachers had a bit more time to sort of explore pupils' enthusiasms, then you know that that's what switches people on, really, isn't it? You know, mm. I mean um yeah not not to shackle people
1: no i think it would be really wonderful to have just that bit more creativity coming out of children which we don't have the time for and we don't have the curriculum for necessarily Um, and i think that would be super if that could be something we evolved in the future that would be amazing
0: absolutely because the world needs it doesn't it oh totally,
1: totally because the
0: world of linkedin and the world of freelancing or just the world of business requires initiative and problem solving and absolutely just anticipating the next shiny thing or whatever it is not to be distracted but actually uh, rote learning for exams you know we don't need that we've got google we don't need um box tickets we want people that um, you know tear up the box don't we yeah we do know- actually the system might not be serving them at all for the I, world of i don't think- work and linkedin
1: I don't think the system does serve that right now. And the, and the big thing came out of a survey recently that creative thinking is a huge part now of, of what we want when we look at future employees. Yeah. Um, and when I look at Sam and then I look at his friends and I look how creative they are,
0: Yeah.
1: you sort of think, wow, you know, actually these guys are going to be super, but they need yeah. to have direction for that somehow, don't they? And a, and a way to express that. Yeah. so i i think i'm lucky with sam he's doing some great subjects he's doing things like music and sociology so he's just buzzing with yeah. energy sounds like my
0: my nathan yeah
1: yeah which is great but i do feel for some of the kids who don't necessarily they can't as as easily sort of express that creativity and sometimes yeah. great teachers are the ones that bring that out i
0: think so. and, and parents as well i just think it's so often people are um they don't Mindlessly follow their parents, but we do um, acquire expectations from parents, don't we? So, mm. you know, I think about people I met at university who's, you know, if, if your parents are business owners, you sort of just assume that's what you will go and do. Yeah. And I think yeah. a big part of some success with the fact that, you know, you've done the entrepreneurial. You know, you've taken those journeys. It's just, and he will just see that as what people do. And I think that's really, that's wonderful, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I just want him to be happy and love what he does. And that's a yeah. bit cliche, but it's true. It's just- well, there are a lot
0: of parents that say that though. And, uh, you know, and I absolutely believe you. So I think some people, they pay lip service to that. And actually they're still obsessing over exam grades and all the rest yeah. of it so yeah I think you know good on you because clearly Sam is you know is sort of um following you know a lot of things that really excite him
1: yeah he is and I would love you to listen to our podcast when you're yeah I time, will do because I'd, I'd love to know what you think you know because that yeah, was I him do. obviously two two years ago
0: wasn't it I did I did my homework I listened to obviously people like John Asperian and Eleanor Gould and I listened to Amber and, I, and then Amber's obviously a copywriter so I thought I'd, I listened to it halfway through I thought oh no. Um, I'll start, I'll, I'll find myself saying what she said if I'm not <laughs> careful. So she was too good, and I thought, right, I'm switching it off now. So, um, yeah, well,
1: you have said what Ben would say, which I'm delighted about. <laughs> and that's, that's she's thing, great, isn't
0: Amber, it? isn't she? I mean, yeah, um, and she's one of these people that's really good at commenting, you know. Um, yeah, I think, um, John Asperian sort of, um, you know, preaches this mantra that, you know, actually it's where the, the commenting is where the real sort of um, magic happens. And that's where yeah. you make connections. And I've won a lot of work from commenting, oddly, you know, um, rather than just posting every day, which I don't do. Yeah. Um, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. And I've definitely connected on comments. I think we connected yeah. because of comments, probably, yeah. thinking about it. So.
0: Well, I, I think I wrote to you, didn't I? I think I, I sent a connection request to you and I always personalise them. I think I said something like I need a everyone needs a dragon slayer in there <laughs> that
1: was you I remember now yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so it's it's fantastic. that was probably eighteen months ago so um and i I obviously saw you on the um the wonderful um sort of um the transatlantic um, down. competition Yes, yeah.
1: that was good so it was fantastic wasn't it? To be
0: on your podcast and really you know very flat and thank you jules yeah. oh
1: it's been lovely chatting to you i could probably chat to you for even longer <sighs> but look before we go tell me where people can connect to you what's the best place for them because they'll be excited about you now ben so where will they want to connect with you um
0: i think linkedin's a good place to connect with anybody because you get a real feel for them um to turn the table slightly, it's just—I I mean, I do feel it's difficult. It's very competitive for copywriters and freelancers, but it's very difficult for people recruiting freelancers these days because there's so many of us, you know. But I think if anyone say looks at Jules White's activity on LinkedIn and they look at your comments and look at what you've been up to, and then they, you know, and they look at your featured section, and actually, you know, it couldn't be more—you um, know—we're more, we couldn't be more on display, could we? Actually, yeah. you can spot um the the genuine article out there on on LinkedIn very, very quickly from how people interact on you know doing those human things. So yeah. um LinkedIn's where I, I roam and that's where I get probably about seventy percent of my work. Um Brilliant. I think. Yeah.
1: Oh thank you Ben. Have you got a website as well? Like, do
0: you- I've got a website. Yeah. Um I spent a great deal of time coming up with a name for my website for my company. And then it it gets sort of forgotten, really. (laughs) I I think having a name is the best thing. Obviously we've all got names, but I called it, um, Ben masters copy. So, you know, I was hoping people would pick up that masters is both my surname and you could use it as a verb, you know, Ben masters copy, but no one, no one, you know, that gets lost in the ether. And so, um, no, I think one person spotted that. So um, <laughs> I yeah, love don't it. be too clever. Copywriting, don't be too clever. Just <laughs> you're selling free beer, then say free beer. That's it.
1: Well, listen, we will put all of your links into the narrative that goes with this podcast. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. I knew right, it right, would be. You. And like old friends, which I also knew it would be. So um, thank you, Ben, for joining me. And pleasure. thank you, listeners, because I hope that we have really interest, interested you um, in the way that we've talked about education. Um, and certainly, Ben's copywriting is, is well worth looking into. If there's something of interest to you so do that too if you've listened to the podcast then please like and subscribe on the platform that you listen to we are on spotify apple podcasts we're also on stitcher and soundcloud so it only remains to say thanks for joining us and we will see you again next time
0: ta-ta for now you've just been listening to the human conversation podcast with jules white To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitssellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.